0: Welcome back to another episode of Good Enough with Stefano Sanzo. I'm Stefano Sanzo, and you are the good few. Who is the good few exactly? Well, that's uh, the audience. Uh, Why do I call them the good few? Well, I explained it a while back, but I will explain it once more for those who missed the episode or those who need a refresher. Everyone in my life who ever meant a real deal to me, the people who I knew had my back, the people who I knew weren't bullshitting me when they said they, they showed some form of support where it wasn't just nosiness, where they really wanted to be a part of my life and I wanted to be a part of theirs. The the ones who actually really truly mean something to me, friends, family, and anybody beyond that. They're the good few. They're they're just the ones, you know? And that's who I've decided to call my audience because you every single one of you, everyone who gives this podcast a listen and supports it you're you're doing me a great service not just a service but just it's a high honor to have a weekly uh, weekly listenership well bi-weekly actually i should say um some news to get to uh we're gonna be moving over to bi-weekly so every other sunday we will be releasing an episode i now have a real nice library established of good enough episodes you could listen to me talk for almost a full day if you pressed play on episode one and let the whole podcast run you know episode to episode so, uh, that, uh, as well as I, I'm just taking on some new projects and do need to free up a little bit more time, but it's, I wouldn't consider it a bad thing. There's, you know, you might've missed a few episodes, so you could go back and listen to a couple, uh, that you haven't listened to yet, but, uh, yeah, great stuff. And I may eventually go back to le- releasing an episode a week, but for the time being with the winter, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into new projects. I just auditioned for mama Mia, which I will more than likely have a role in not to be arrogant, but just. There's not, there's a decent amount of male parts, and I didn't see a whole lot of dudes uh, auditioning, so that's a that's going to be great. So uh, yeah, expect an episode every two weeks now. Beautiful. Moving on. Uh, tried a few new things with the audio setup in here. We we upgraded, but we're still working out some of the kinks. So this this episode is going to sound a little bit different. Don't worry. It I don't even think it sounds bad. It just will sound different than what you're used to hearing. So be prepared for that. Uh, Also still actively seeking sponsorship So if you own a small business Or know a small business That wants to work with good enough uh, Please get in contact with me Or get them in contact with me Because it would be real cool If this podcast could eventually pay for itself Although I'm still happy to support it On my own Because I love it And I love doing it And I love delivering Just a small piece of entertainment To my friends and family And whoever else might be listening to this uh, Week by week so yeah, if if, if anybody is interested um, And if you want to support the cause You're welcome to just donate to my Venmo Being completely dead serious If, you know, I don't want to ever have to put this on Patreon Or anything like that and put up a paywall But would appreciate, you know, something during the holiday season So if uh, if you guys would be so inclined My Venmo is at Steffabro S-T-E-F-A-B-R-O And as little as $1 to $5 million is welcome So, you yeah, know, whatever you got, I'd appreciate it And if you don't want to donate that's also fine i don't i don't i'm not gonna be upset if nobody donates it's but but like yeah definitely but donate if you are so inclined so that uh center stage we are going to be putting on another one of them comedy shows that i put together there seeing that the first one was such a goddamn success uh we're working out dates right now figure something mid 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 to late winter but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be floating dates. But probably by next episode I'll have one. But I do have a date right now, January 17th, Highland Country Club. I wrongly said Bronson Country Club last time. Sorry about that. But January 17th, comedy show I'm hosting at Highland Country Club. Come on out and support. It's going to be a good one. Contact me for uh, how you could get tickets to that. And, uh, yeah, that's everything we got to talk about today. My guest is phenomenal. He's a good friend of mine that I actually met through Center Stage. He uh, he acted with me in my first Christmas Carol I did, and we've since been friends. He has done everything, guys. I mean, he's written tons of books. He's been in. He's he's written for tons of movies. He knows the RIZA from Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, the RZA. He knows him, uh, and he's just been in the business for a long time. So this is a great episode for writers, for creatives. I mean, he's he's in. He's. He will never admit that he's a master of Kung Fu because he has this weird philosophy about it that I don't quite understand because I don't practice Kung Fu. But he practices quite a deal of Kung Fu. He was the Kung Fu consultant for Kung Fu Panda. Not shitting you. Yeah, all the accuracies of the Kung Fu world in that movie are because of Rick. So... You guys are gonna love this. I loved it. I loved having him in here. It was no work at all for me as a host because uh this guy's a talker <laughs> and, in a good way. He has a lot to say, a lot of great nuggets of knowledge that I, I hope you will all listen to and maybe replay a couple of times just to hear, you know, he he it's it's worth listening to. That being said, gonna let you get to it. We'll see you guys in two weeks. I love you a lot. Bye. Couldn't afford the rights to anything. One. we're not the best but we're good enough let's start the podcast now it's good enough
1: i can't read anybody else's mind but i can read my own so that tells me that's what i should be doing all the time
0: all the time yep i love it rick that
1: uh, was one of the first two of things I was going to go for. Right. Um, actually, there was three things I was going to start out with. The second one was going to be treat yourself at least as well as that which you say you love the most. Explain that one a little bit. Well, I run into a lot of people who are very nice. And they treat other people really well, but they treat themselves very badly. Right. And, yeah. And I, f- I find that to, I mean, I teach a form of Kung Fu that I call don't hurt yourself.
0: Right. Hold and, on. Yeah. Before we get into Kung Fu, who yeah. the hell are you? No, well,
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I am Kung Fu. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I like that. Kung Fu <laughs> translated from uh, the Chinese, it's a lot of different translations like most things from Chinese, but the one we settled on was human achievement. So... Everything is Kung Fu. Kung Fu is everything. Everything is Kung Fu. I have a movie that's on Amazon Prime now, or free on Amazon Prime, uh, but you can also watch on Amazon Prime called Films of Fury, the Kung Fu Movie Movie. And that's where we have the translation as human achievement.
0: And how? Are, so, so again, literally introduce yourself, though, just so they know who we're talking to.
1: Okay, I thought I was in the intro, but that's all right. <laughs> my name is Rick Myers. Yeah, that's all right. There's
0: just so much to you yeah. that I need well, you to. Yeah, if you, could, you I've talk lost about, some weight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Rick Myers, R I C, no K. Leave the K off for Kung Fu or Karma. And when I asked my father, after having corrected so many teachers over the years, he said, "There's no K in Richard." I said, all right, can't argue with that. All right. So I'm S M O U S C. Excellent. Yep.
0: And, God, you already got into so many of the things that fascinate me about you. You but... can't stop me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the
0: uh, Kung Fu, so this Kung Fu movie, right? Your... Yeah, Films of Fury, the Kung Fu How movie. How were you movie? involved in that?
1: Well, I wrote it. I was asked to also direct it. And like a fool, because the money wasn't good enough, I did not direct it. And I've regretted it ever since. But it's still directed well by two young filmmakers.
0: It was more. It was the. It was more. They wouldn't have paid you enough to direct. Is that what
1: you're saying? No, they would have paid. Uh, you see, uh, I was. I, I'm, okay. We'll get into more stuff about me. <laughs> the uh, I worked for the Resurrection of the Twilight Zone in 1985. The producer of the Resurrected Twilight Zone. Wait,
0: there was a. Yeah. it was resurrected again so this it was it's resurrected this, a bunch of times it's on its
1: third resurrection third or fourth
0: oh okay I didn't yeah. I didn't know it got re- there's okay. the
1: movie one and all the rest of right, it right, right, Rod okay. Serling was the original so in
0: 1985 you're working on
1: 1983 or 84 something okay. like that somewhere in there uh, I had written a bunch of books by then uh, nonfiction books on fantasy films science fiction films television detectives other things and the producer of the Resurrected Twilight Zone, a guy named Phil Daguerre, who also produced an old uh, buddy cop show, and I actually know it, was a private eye show, called uh, Simon and Simon. Uh, he knew of me because I worked at Starlog magazine prior to all this stuff. And he was trying to create a television movie version of Arthur C. Clarke's classic science fiction novel, Childhood's End. And he also had worked... On Simon & Simon, I had written two award-winning books on television television detectives, so I knew about him. So whenever I came out to L.A. for Starlog or Famous Monsters of Filmland, another magazine I worked for at one time, we would always get together. And, And he tried, and he wanted me to put Childhood's End with these Awesome uh, illustrations, uh, production illustrations by the great Neil Adams, who's very well known in the comic book industry, and I started in the comic book industry, but this is a little further on. Started in the comic book industry in 1974, moved on to magazines, comic, bu- uh, comic books, books, nonfiction books, and novels, but in any case... So I'm seeing Phil DeGuerre.
0: You've kind of been creating content since before people called it content. Yeah. A long time. It was 1974 your start of putting something from you to the public. My professional
1: start. I mean, even back in high school, I asked the teachers, this was in the 60s, I said, can I write a short story rather than a report? I'll have all the information you want, but I want to write a short you, story. There needs
0: to be a narrative. You, you're like, I need there to be a narrative. I need I, a story to I tell. wanted
1: to entertain myself. Okay. Even back then, I was telling teachers, I'm not here for your marks. I'm mm-hmm. here for your education. I want to learn stuff. I don't care what mark you give me. And in fact, I flunked every uh, creative writing course I ever took. You hear that, I,
0: guys? This creative writer who's made a career of, a, of it was a fail, <laughs> was, was had failed in I, in I, school? No, I didn't fail. I right. got an
1: F. Oh. From a teacher. Because- oh, my
0: God. No one's ever put it to me that way before <laughs> it's
1: absolutely well that's absolutely true even today i'm not interested as much in money as i am in learning stuff because i found out that's what made me happy right and also and so then i decided that i wasn't going to follow the same route that society was telling me that i should follow i should do what i wanted to to have fun I had a bad childhood. I, I didn't have a fun childhood, but I had a very logical father with a, a schizophrenic mother, literally schizophrenic. Mm. And uh, so he, he showed me the way, and so did Sherlock Holmes and did, Mr. Spock and uh, Joe Friday from Dragnet. Did,
0: did having that kind of dichotomy in your household... Uh, Influence your writing in any way because that that it influenced those, everything because that's such a massive well on, on one you say you have a logical father and on the other hand I mean not, not no no offense to your mother I had a, a schizophrenic grandmother right and I, I it's it's completely illogical there's nothing right in yeah so, but also could be good for somebody who writes fantasy yeah my father worked in the
1: mental health field wow and as I said at his uh, when he was retiring as I said at his uh, closing dinner roast. I said my father was not the kind of man to bring his work home with him. He was the kind of man to marry it. because <laughs> oh, she was married three times to three <laughs> mentally ill women, all different mental illnesses. Pro- Did he know prior to marrying them that they were mentally ill? I, d- he's gone now. But at when when the third mother, when my third, when my second stepmother, his third wife, started showing signs of mental illness he comes out we're out on the front lawn of her house cuz he never got his own house he always moved into his wife's houses and he said do you think it's a pattern rick <laughs> i said by this time pop i think it's safe to say yes it's a pattern <laughs> first one was uh schizophrenic uh, first one was schizophrenic second one was manic depressive who became bipolar third one was uh megalomaniacal and and like I said, that that must have affected your, so it affected oh, yeah. everything, oh, yeah.
0: but so did you have like characters based on things that they had said or like, no, how, how
1: does, a friend of mine once said, you're the only writer I know who tries to write about anything but himself. Although I found it very humorous that a lot of my fans for my various, I have many books in many different genres mm-hmm. and my fans will tell me things about. Then I go, how do you know that? And he said, well, I read it in the book. I said, well, and they would show me in. So when you're a writer, you are ultimately, you can't help, biologically speaking, writing. You can only write about yourself.
0: Yeah, well, you're writing from experience. You only write from what you know, even if you're creating a character that doesn't actually exist. In some form or another, this character existed in your life.
1: Yeah, but I, I tried not to write about what I knew. I tried to write about what I learned. So I would go and learn about things, and then write about that. I would not do a I would not do a detective book without researching detectives. I wouldn't do science fiction without researching everything.
0: Now, now, more about you learning because you strike yeah. me as the type of guy who's not just going to a college classroom to learn. Name no. me a couple of really out there ways that you went to go educate yourself, <laughs> other than just signing up for a class, paying a teacher money, and then giving you an education.
1: Like, give, give me some real some the examples. Best, the best learning experiences I've ever had has been at work. That's why I'm never afraid to go to work. I mean, most of my life, I've spent alone in a room typing. That's most of my life. But I really love breaking that up, especially when uh, fate dictates it. There was, um, uh, yeah, and all the jobs I would get were fascinating and wonderful and superb because I, just like being a writer, I didn't, most of the people I know who keep them, who want to be writers and aren't are usually, my experience has been, they keep themselves from doing it. They put roadblocks in their own way. I, whenever they want advice from me and they ask me questions, the very first question I could tell that they're getting in their own way because it's an irrelevant question mm-hmm. they usually ask me. How do you write when you, something something works? It's like, well, quick, Yeah, or quick. whatever. Where do you get your ideas? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh. uh, There was a wonderful uh, grandmaster of the mystery field, Dorothy Salisbury Davis, I think, or uh, Disney or whatever. I forgot her name. It's been a long time ago. Mystery writers no longer exist the organization because mysteries have changed but that's an, again completely different story when someone asked her where where you where did you get your ideas she said oh my dear haven't you ever had an idea <laughs> and so my ideas are everywhere everything's an idea i mean there's stories everywhere every time it's just, everything's
0: I, I, an idea i love everything that
1: everything is i mean if we looked right now at this table that we're standing at there's a there's a there's myriad stories about how this table was created.
0: My producer actually did make it himself, so you can well, get the story behind it. But yeah, yeah. You're, you're so right, though. I, 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 I like talking about that and, and kind of... <sighs> Every single thing that you do see, mm-hmm. at one point or another, it was a thought in somebody's mind, right. which is a crazy thing to think about. But like even a, a doorframe, a speaker, those are just the th- two things in front of me right now. Somebody had to come. It had to be in somebody's head first for, before well, it came
1: to this that's, world. That's why I, I that's what I discovered when writing science fiction, because I writing science fiction. Uh, another friend of mine, I started. Uh, what did I start with in fiction? Well, I started with the Destroyer series, which was a male action adventure series where I was a ghostwriter. And again, that was written by a political speech writer and a, um, a commercial guy, a guy who worked on Madison Avenue. And they had, and I always admired both of them, that was Richard Sapier and Warren Murphy, because they had so much knowledge about all sorts of things, about politics, about science, about the police, about the military, stuff that I had no idea about. So I would I would do the research, but they had personally experienced it. And all of that was great, but I was writing about the world I knew. And then after Star Wars came out, and I went to work for Starlog magazine, and then I started writing my first science fiction book, Star, um, Doomstar, followed by the cleverly titled Return to Doomstar, <laughs> the, I realized as one of my science fiction writer friends, who was far more successful and, and excellent than I was, said the thing about science fiction is that in mysteries, you don't have to question the door. You don't you know you can put in a door latch or a door knob and the, the size of the door is pretty much rudimentary. you don't have is one or two sizes for doors. you can get bigger doors, smaller doors. But in science fiction you have to question everything. the door. In other words, if you have a, a, a science fiction novel with just humans in it, you don't have to question the door that much. but if it's in the future, if it's in the past, then you might have to question the door. But if you're doing a science fiction novel like I did, with had aliens and spaceships and all the rest of it, everything had to be questioned.
0: Right, because not everything is going to be based on bipedal movement exactly. if the
1: characters you're writing around don't have two legs. If I have a big blob with one eye in the center of its blobbiness Sneakers don't need to exist. Yeah, that's right. Now, I, I could write about that blobby character with one eye in the center of their, their, their gelatinous form... But and and not have done research on it. But I can guarantee it. The book is not going to be as good, if if I if I don't research that. Right. And 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 when and we start at the door. But it extends into everything Ex- yeah
0: because there's so many th- we're, we're so used to life being catered to how our humans. reality yeah exactly our reality is, is i love is fra- humans problems.
1: humans are hilarious are like, they not <laughs> oh it's so great but humans have always been hilarious always i always recommend people whenever we get into these conversations oh the other thing i was going to say at the head of the uh, thing at the uh, if you speak for yourself you'll never be wrong if you speak for anyone else, you'll never be sure you're right. Thank you. Before
0: you continue, <laughs> you taught me something. I use it on this podcast often. I use yeah. it a lot in conversation. Mm-hmm. You, Your beard, long bearded face <laughs> comes to mind every time I think of it. You corrected such a horrible habit in speech that I've had my most whole life have. and yeah. thank you most people mm-hmm. saying, I think you are You know what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. when people are in conversation and you just say, well, people need to realize or people yeah. need to this or people need to that. You guys will probably notice a lot in this podcast. I'll correct myself and say, well, not people, and then be more specific about what I'm talking about. It's me. Rick taught me this in yeah. conversation. So the whole reason I know you, I, yeah. I think we should get into that. It's, I didn't just meet you off the street. I've actually known you for a couple of years. Uh, you and I did, it was my first Christmas Carol at center stage. Mm-hmm. That's how how you and I met. You were, uh, which characters did you play?
1: At, at the Christmas Carol? Yes. I was The fish, uh, the monger? I was, no, that, the fishmonger was my smallest role. Small role. I was the announcer guy yeah. who came out in, you know, the Bumble, I think he's called, yes. or whatever, Bumble. And uh, the fishmonger. Right. And did I have one? Else? I may have had another part. I don't yeah. remember.
0: But that's how I met you. Yeah. And uh, been cool with you ever since. We had a lot of conversations, a uh, whole bunch of conversations backstage mm-hmm. because you have a lot of downtime when you do this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that was one of the things that you taught me that it has carried over for since. I, I I try to acknowledge every time someone's doing it to me and anytime I'm doing it to other people, it has opened up my entire life. It, 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 it <laughs> ch- it's changed so many yeah. conversations with me because it is a garbage moot thing that people bring up <laughs> look at me okay. that's people that bring some, up. some people
1: name them, t- yeah, exactly. that's I almost exactly. always say name yeah. them, exactly,
0: exactly and I wish I was never taught, never taught I guess by society or through other speech patterns to speak well, that way but
1: my attitude is over the years that um, people are afraid of death virtually all fear comes from the fear of death and so people subconsciously or consciously try to get control of their lives but the moment they start reading their own mind rather than trying to read other people's minds, it can be very scary. That's very, it's very deep and dark in there. Oh yeah. It's also awesome, but it's at first very deep and dark. And whenever, right. as, as Franklin Roosevelt said, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. And that's still true, but people still have fear. So they try to gain control. And I've seen it manifest most regularly as a, a desire to win arguments. Uh, yeah, a lot I, of people, uh, I
0: let go of that a lot over the past couple of years. Good where idea. Just, just let, um, and not just online, but in person, uh, like, oh, online. Let, yeah, <laughs> online, it's, it's garbage. Like Facebook, I, I type out a lot of comments that I just delete Yeah. and God does it do so many good th- things for my mental health. Uh, it's, it's better not to type them at all, which is often what I do, but, but you still have to vent and then you exactly. And then you take that practice in real life where. I'm about to say something and about to defend a point, then I realize who's gonna? He's not. He/she isn't gonna change her mind. Yeah. I'm not. Nobody's gonna learn anything,
1: and I have better uses of my time, so I'm walking away from this. Well, you're still you're still getting. I don't mind it because you're burning off energy, and right. it's also and I, and also anger. Mm-hmm. But it's also more for me. Right? right. My basic motto is more for me. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody wants to have an argument with me, I always. It's just like kung. This is why I started learning kung fu. Because martial arts is hurting yourself and others, kung fu is getting more power for yourself. Right, and so I think it,
0: I, c- I know your line. Hold on, I think I, yeah. I think I have it memorized. What's you you to- told me it a few times. Yeah,
1: I will not hurt you,
0: but if you want to hurt yourself, I will help you. Correct. Yeah, if you insist,
1: and if you insist, there are trying yeah. to hurt yourself. Thing by you trying me, yeah. to hurt me, then I'll help. And again, I just had this conversation. They were on Facebook. Right. Somebody wanted to know my three favorite uh, kung fu movies. Or they said martial art movies. I say, well, I don't do martial art movies anymore. I do kung fu movies. I did do martial art movies, and I know a lot of martial art movies, but I don't find them as enjoyable as kung fu films. But And, and there's less and less kung fu films for a variety of reasons. But I was the um, kung fu teacher and the kung fu consultant on the first Kung Fu Panda movie.
0: Yes, I was going to ask you about that directly. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah.
1: and that's. But I bring it up by, if you want to know what kung fu is, that's the movie. At the end of that movie, he does pure Kung Fu.
0: So that's a very, uh, that is actually a very pure introduction
1: to Kung Fu yeah. for people. I mean, it's exaggerated from a cartoon standpoint. Of course, yeah. But well, uh, it is a panda
0: practicing yeah, Kung Fu, which that's true. Uh, I think that might, I don't think there's any uh, many panda other examples. Talks. Yes, that too, that too.
1: But Kung Fu is so amazing and so wonderful uh, is that it, it makes sense to make it into a cartoon because if you showed it naturally. The guy, another, two other people that I've seen recently do really great Kung Fu in a movie are doctor strange and wonder woman Mm -hmm. they both do at the very end of the movie everybody else is doing martial arts which hurts you and other people and it's closed fists and it's muscles while kung fu is open hand open mind and using your inner energy and the energy all around you Uh, and i that actually works and i've seen it work but to put in a movie it's not as credible because you know john wayne and clint eastwood and sylvester stallone That, as unbelievable as what they do is, it's still more credible than seeing actual Kung Fu. But at the end of Doctor Strange, he does Kung Fu. He does that thing which you just quoted, which is... If you're trying to hurt me, that really means you're trying to hurt yourself and you're projecting it onto Doctor me. Doctor
0: Strange the, with, uh, with c- Cumberbatch. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. He does He's that.
1: T- it is my favorite Marvel movie. At the end of the movie, if you go back, well, it's because it's Kung Fu. Mm. At the end, throughout the entire movie, while everybody else is doing mystic martial arts, he keeps saying, his character keeps saying over and over and over again, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. Yeah, be better
0: yeah way. always, always.
1: And at the end of the movie, he finds it. And he does that thing, which is, if you insist on trying to hurt yourself by trying to hurt me, I'll help.
0: And that's that's Galactus? Uh, no, 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 it's
1: not Galactus. D- Dormammu. Dormammu.
0: Dormammu. And yeah, and he But it's
1: not Dormammu. It's it's Mads Mikkelsen's character. Right, he's right, doing right. Because Mads Mikkelsen's character is trying to destroy him. Mm-hmm. But the guy behind, the creature behind the Mads Mikkelsen character is Dormammu. Right. And Doctor Strange goes to see him and puts him in the uh, s- cyclical conundrum. In- infinite loop. Yeah, and also says, I'm here to bargain. Uh, not here to fight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, I'm here to fight. I'm here to bargain. Right. And at the end, he comes down and basically says the same thing about, if you insist, I'll help. But instead of saying that, he'll say, I got you what you wanted. You won't like it. Mm-hmm. That's what he does.
0: Right. He brought a... Uh, he brought- a a earthly concept, an earthly dimension to his dimension, which was time. The, what the concept of time was? It who knows? Who knows? Oh. Anyway, I love the ending of the movie, and and you you would say that's pure kung fu.
1: That is elevated kung fu. Elevated I call it. I call it pure kung fu. So what is kung Energy fu? Energy based. What
0: you see? human achievement? Okay, yeah, because human cause, achievement. Because a lot, I, I, our conventional understanding of kung fu, people who don't practice. Uh, would be something like, Bruce Lee? Oh,
1: exactly. Bruce Lee. The
0: entire Bruce Lee, the, the nunchuck whips and all that stuff. The only
1: th- thing Bruce did wrong was die. Uh, <laughs> if he had not died, we would have a completely different attitude toward Kung Fu. They, they life of brian Bruce Lee. Explain. In, a, in Life of Brian, there's that big speech of uh, Graham Chapman when he appears naked before the throng. And uh, he says, you know, don't, you know, go off, think for yourselves. And they all repeat in unison, we will think for ourselves. Right. And so basically Bruce Lee always said, learn everything you can from everyone and everything you can, then make it your own. And everybody went, yes, we will learn everything we can from you, Bruce, and we will copy you, Bruce. Right. We will not make it our own. Mm -hmm. The one guy who made it his own, Became a huge superstar. That was Jackie Chan. I'm going to be the anti-Bruce Lee. I'm going to, I'm going to make it my own. Mm-hmm. And he is really a Kung Fu sponge, Bruce Lee. He, I mean, right. not Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee was a Kung Fu sponge. He right. was also a Kung Fu savant. But uh, Jackie Chan is a Kung Fu sponge. He learns everything from everybody. And as I say, when people say, what's the best style of Kung Fu? I say, they're all the same. What's the best style of martial arts? They're all the same. The human body, the human mind, the world around you. That's what they all are. That's beautiful. The I rest, like that a lot. the rest is ego and money. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have all these different schools of martial arts. Uh, we have because that's how they were created. Because the Japanese came to China, they saw this kung fu stuff, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." All that healing stuff is great, but show me how to break the arm again, mm-hmm. right? And then they made it all into fighting. Mm-hmm. They made, and also, they made it into closed fist, right? The stupidest thing you can do is have a closed fist you're going to hurt yourself no matter how well you use the closed fist. Right. So it doesn't matter somebody asked me uh do you have uh do you have blocks in your kung fu and I go, "I don't want you to hit me in the face. Why would I want you to hit me on the arm?" I'm not going to bring my arm up to let you hit me. Mm. I'm there are so many better ways of doing it and there are encyclopedic ways of doing it. I just was talking to a, an actor who's in a new movie called Made in Chinatown, and he was saying, yeah, my, the martial arts I'm taking is very self-abusive, but I'm not into that slow stuff. And I said, well, you know. The, pro- <laughs> the problem with all martial arts students and martial arts teachers, because I, I taught at the University of Bridgeport's Department of Martial Arts Studies, and the problem with all the teachers and all the students was limited knowledge. They go to a certain place and then they stop learning, and they just repeat what they've been taught. And fine, if you know, and also people, yeah, there's another thing I love. Another quote I could have said at the beginning of the, of the, uh, the session was, you know, why, why do people, well, yeah, the beginning of my seminars, I do seminars for Kung Fu, uh, for my Kung Fu, and I say, I'm not interested in how tough you think you are. I'm interested in how smart you are. I am not interested in how badass you think you are. I'm interested in how effective you are. And really, shouldn't you strive to be good ass? <laughs> why is everybody striving to be badass <laughs> but yeah people would just just like what happened to Bruce I mean everybody's copying Bruce because he's so badass
0: he really was bad and ass, they, he though. really
1: was but he was also brilliant and he also knew the right thing and the only problem was that he got ego and money got in the way and he basically killed himself how would you say that well because he drove himself so hard that he died at the age of 33 Kung fu, if you do it right, elevated kung fu, or what I call true kung fu, is regenerative, not degenerative. It's constructive, not destructive. Martial arts is degenerative and destructive. You know, virtually every... (laughs) When I started trying to learn kung fu, I couldn't find it in America. This was back in the 70s. And my friend was running the Philadelphia Judo Club. Mm -hmm. And I went to several classes. He had a great sensei again sensei is japanese sifu is chinese uh yeah dim sum is chinese sushi is japanese they're Mm, not the same things oh i love the south park episode about that but in any case um so he was great but i noticed that every single senior student in the class had either no or partial use of a major joint because that's judo for you right i mean it's all joint based or most of it's joint based and when you're when you're taking any martial art that involves sparring, you're asking for trouble. What, you're if, it's just, for what if we call
0: it rolling? Well, you can. Call I've been it wanting to chime want. in with uh, with some jujitsu stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I was just at jujitsu an hour ago. So. Yeah,
1: but what kind of jujitsu is it? Brazilian. It is Brazilian, yep. of course. Because yep. that's the, that's the popular stuff. It's at the
0: pretty popular. Right I know now. the Gracies.
1: The Gracies are awesome. You know the Gracies. And I would never. The actual I know gracies? some of them. I know some of
0: them. Okay, the the ones that count.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> i find they all there are pe- there are
0: people who have changed their last name to gracie i know. To, you know so oh, i'm well aware of that but they are related to uh people who and... say they're ninja
1: right uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I, again i don't know all i know is that i've made met several people who said they were gracies in an environment where it made an enormous amount of sense that they would actually be gracies because right. they were surrounded by martial artists but uh, for... if they weren't gracies <laughs> they'd be in big trouble
0: <laughs> for some of my uninitiated uh, and <laughs> un- uninitiated uh listeners The Gracies are a family that popularized and that, really pushed the jiu-jitsu forward uh, yep. the, the, a, a brazilian family they're all killers in jiu-jitsu and they this brazilian jiu-jitsu this thing that t- kind of moved away from Jap- the the japanese jujitsu jitsu that was that everybody was accustomed to right. that's that's their thing every all the yep. gyms you see popping up it's all it was all their influence the gracies really created the bjj uh, fascination that you've seen in the past what 10 15 years absolutely that is that it's really blown up it it helped a lot that uh, many of the people winning in uh, major martial arts uh, <laughs> like 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 UFC and Bellator, a lot yeah. of them are very well versed in ju- ju- uh, Brazilian yeah. jiu jitsu. Yeah, so that helped blow up the brand as any well.
1: Any kung fu person who shows up at UFC or MMA is not kung fu.
0: Yeah, nobody really nobody really practices kung fu or says they practice kung fu. No, uh, because because
1: MMA and UFC it, it are are ultimate and self-destructive, degenerative nonsense. Yeah. I can't I,
0: believe how long some of those careers are for what they're doing to each other. <laughs> well,
1: I can't believe how short some of them are. Well, no, I, I,
0: that's, not, that's I can, what I believe. I can believe that. I have no problem with that. They hit the hell out of each One other. One
1: of the reason why Mike White is very, very smart in that he made himself into the star because uh, in UFC, you can't remain a star for long. Mm-hmm because it's just too destructive.
0: Yeah, eventually someone's going to take the throne. Yeah, and and worse, you're going to be damaged. Yeah. For, for every life. Single,
1: every single fight. For life. Yeah. To, for years after you retire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So again, that's not something I am into. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that. Right. I'm and, interested and in
0: Rick, by being the better. way, every single guest within the first 2 or 3 minutes I ask uh, what what makes them happy <laughs> and it's just a way to get them to start talking about some of their passions yeah. I didn't think that'd be necessary with no. you <laughs> so I didn't so so for my listeners who are expecting it to show up in the beginning of the episode it's just not necessary I with already mentioned he, it. he yeah, exactly he's this man lives learning. breathes speaks he he learning. is his passions and I, I wish more I, I I would like some people to take that away from, from from hearing him talk he he's loaded with them and and it, it clearly engulfs his life and I imagine it adds a lot of value, a lot of purpose to, to you waking up every day is all the different things that you get into. Look,
1: I, I know the end of the story. Everybody knows the end of the story. I not love a lot of people, that. Not a lot of people face that, but I know the end of the story. So mm-hmm. I don't worry about the end of the story. And right. end of the story is taken care of. Right. I love people now <laughs> that are you know, saying, is, it, is the world going to end? And I'm going, yes, it is for every single one of us. Right. We all get one. But also what I find, whenever somebody starts talking politics or complaining about the situation as it is now, especially here in America for white people, (laughs) I always say, look, choose any 50 years of history, any 50 years. Choose any country. Research those 50 years in that country of your choice. You'll recognize everything that happens. Because as long as humans are involved, humans will act like humans. And so we are combinations of good and bad. Some push that over into evil, but that's somebody else's definition. And everyone seems to be wanting to win the argument. So there's no communication. It's all, you know, fear. It's all fear based and it's a shame, isn't it? But I can't have, like I said, that's why I chose the line that I started with. I can't read anyone else's mind. I can only read my own. Right. Therefore, I do. Mm-hmm. And that way, I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm going to tell you what I think. And it's up to you. The only person who's truly in charge of my life is me. And that's the way I, I mean, I, when I grew up, I was not in charge of my life. I was under the thumb of some very sad and tortured and tormented people. and But thankfully, I also had on the other side... person as i said my father would always throw me into a pit with a lioness but every once in a while he'd come over to the pit and toss me a weapon and the weapon was never the weapon i expected the weapon was logic the weapon was um uh, empathy the weapon for the want of a better term was love
0: for 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 a writer for a creative for an artist you (laughs) do have an incredible concept of logic it's 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 fascinating to me. I think that's one of the things that draws me to to speaking with you as uh, as as much as I have uh, mm-hmm. since I've known known you, and and just uh, the way that I the weight that I put in your words. Is that you? You have this big, explosively creative mind, and you're not in the clouds. You're you're grounded. You're very well rooted, and you're able to speak like a mathematician, like a scientist, <laughs> which which really is fascinating. Because because I'll talk to some hippie, some hippies, or some creative type people, and they're they're up in the clouds, man. They're this, they're that. They don't speak with any logic. So so yeah. that upbringing you spoke of of having a yeah. a schizophrenic mother with an extremely logical father it yeah. really comes off in a beautiful way with you. You dealt with that juxtaposition. Phen- Phenomenally, I have to say the symbol
1: for Tai Chi is the yin yang symbol, which uh, signifies balance. Do you practice Tai Chi as well? Well, I practice kung fu, which is everything. I love that. I love I love that you say that. So so you're you're very open That helps that help that I'm not gonna make a fist right right there's better ways There's better if you insist on trying to hurt yourself try trying to hurt me I Mm -hmm. won't I won't hit you
0: so what other all right? So kung fu is the thing that you practice and I'm trying to uh, human achievement right Yeah. What are some other things that you've done that contribute to kung fu?
1: Everything contributes right. to kung fu and kung fu contributes to everything. And if you're a great chef, you've got great kung fu in, in chefery. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, a great actor, you have got kung fu in whatever. If you're but I've discovered this is something else I'm discussing with a lot of people lately cuz they're trying they're seeking happiness, but they think happiness is something. And I I always Thank. try to bring them over to try to be strive to be someone, not something. Anybody ever hear of George Arliss? Have you heard of George Arliss? Absolutely not. Okay. George Arliss at one time during the early 20s, I think, of the late teens, was the king of all media. He was one of the most popular and beloved actors in film and on in theater. And everybody thought his name would live forever. You've never heard of him. So that taught me early on is that what you accomplish is secondary to who you are. Who you are should drive everything. That's why, that's why I always say, treat, other, treat yourself at least as well as that which you say you love the most. Treat yourself. You start with you, and it all emanates from you. Because literally, the way your eyes are set in your head, the world literally revolves around you. You hmm. can't see who's behind you unless somebody else tells you, or you look. And also, but the other thing that's important to remember is that you can't see your own face. You can see a reflection of your own face.
0: Oh, I've thought about that a lot. You were the one who put that in my head, huh? You can, yep, that was me.
1: (laughs) You can never see your own face, only someone else can see your face. Or a picture of it which is still not your face, it's a picture of your face. Right, so the logic told me that I'm here for me, it starts with me, I have to take care of my world because no one else will. No one will care as much about me as I will. I have to find out what actual love is and create myself in such a way that I can love me and uh and, for, and you know treat treat others the way I would treat myself. you I mean, by the way, I have a very religious uh, members of the family, and the only thing I've really learned uh, is Jesus, and Jesus in the Bible is awesome. Mm-hmm. If you quote Jesus, you will never go wrong, because there's nothing he ever said according to the Bible that was wrong. Other people in the Bible say all sorts of bullshit. Whoa, but... <laughs> I forgot do you swear? uh oh a lot because yeah. <laughs> i'm a writer yeah so you know oh, by the
0: way yeah you're you're allowed to swear as much yeah. as you want on this podcast but, i yeah. figured
1: you'd stop me mm-hmm. oh you would have told me in the outset right, exactly but anyway bs let's say <laughs> uh i try not the thing i try not to do is use swearing as a crutch when i went to see ah, beautiful certain yes. certain movies written by joe Astor house mm-hmm. all the dialogue was f words and right. it's like and, that's, and I found out that's what the characters were doing Instead of communicating mm-hmm. They were just using It's It's profanity. funny that
0: you bring that up So I definitely swear But I don't think I've ever been a guy who swears I, I don't lean on swearing I kind of right. like it's, it's the same way Like I don't salt the hell out of my food But like I'll, I'll add a little bit of salt To bring out the flavor of what, what I'm what yep. I'm making And yeah I, I swear where I think swears are necessary But like just a couple of weeks ago I was speaking with someone who uh, knew a lot about supplements He, he, yes. he has a supplement place cool. And, and I, I really appreciated his info That was coming mm-hmm. out of his mouth But every other word was fucked And it was to the point where, like, does he real like you can you have a lot to communicate with, but fifty percent of the words that are coming out of your mouth are fuck, and you're slowing down the amount of information you and I are exchanging because you're basically fifty percent of what could be coming out of your mouth, that is useful to me Mm -hmm. is you're wasting it on swears. Well,
1: well, then, also in kung fu, we find out that if you start a fight, something's wrong with you. If someone starts a fight, something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And as a kung fu student, you can use that to stop the fight or defeat them. And that's true of people who swear a lot. In other words, I react the same way with people who swear a lot. I just start smiling and my head goes off to the side. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of going, hmm, why are they resting on that crutch? Mm-hmm. And can I use that for later? You know, in order to, if they start an argument with mm-hmm. me to, But usually the argument is always ended the moment anyone says you or anyone says people. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, name them. Exactly. You know, oh, I read in a magazine. Tell me the magazine. Mm-hmm. Tell me the author. Well, how much do we love saying studies? Yeah, there's studies, a study. There's a there's, what study? Who? There what? are studies. Well, yeah. actually, it's absolutely true. There is a study. hmm a lot of people write them. It right. Doesn't mean that they're backed up with anything exactly. approaching no, facts.
0: It's like you're acting like a scientist, but not doing any of the work. So right. let's not bring up the study.
1: Have a conversation with me, fine. And it drives it drives them crazy because when I, I'm in the mood to play mental, mental martial arts or karmic kung fu, as I call it, when I'm in that when I get in that mood, that's I have friends who back away from me when I get in that mood because my head will go down, my smile will get louder, will wider, and I will just not let them off the hook.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're very good. You're very good at making or people self reflect. No, because I've done it many a times. You, you, you. Ch- just in the small time that you and I got to hang out backstage, you chipped away at my massive ego that needed some work with a lot of the things that you would say. Because it just it made me very self reflective on the things that yeah. I uh, got ego issues. To I mean, I mean, you're speaking to me now. It's I probably sound a lot different of a person than when you were speaking to me then. No, you sound exactly the same. Fantastic. You were saying different things though. Safe, saying different things. Yeah. But no, I, I'm saying I I practice. I I do try to practice a lot of that just checking checking my own ego checking my own speech pattern and like what am I actually saying here yeah. what, what do you am, want to say what what uh what means of speech am I resting on right now in order to get a point across and, and realizing I'm actually completely
1: failing because I'm 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 you know what's the reason that you're doing it? exactly that's why I keep studying my own mind and by the way if you read your own mind, it is just the universe in there. There's it's a just, lot going on, oh, dude. Oh, there amazing. is a lot going it's on. It's beautiful. You,
0: people are, uh, uh, I find a lot of people tend to be more creative than they would ever give themselves credit. They don't consider themselves an artist just because they have to put a suit on and go to work because every day. Because
1: I grew up amongst the mentally ill and the mentally retarded, which is what my the business my father was in. I learned that if you have your father was a
0: politician hey oh I'm sorry Go no. ahead,
1: actually he told me when I whenever I asked him because he always had long uh, long t- job titles like uh, Northeast Regional Advisor for the National Association of Retarded Citizens <laughs> he said I said so right. what should I tell people you do he says tell them I'm a mentally I'm a, a mentally retarded businessman <laughs> And so he was a mentally retarded businessman.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. Before before we move too far. Wait a minute. Let
1: me me quickly finish that point, which is anyone who's born with a normal brain has the capability of being Albert Einstein and Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah, these things are
1: malleable. We're human. Mm -hmm. We're human. We can do whatever we choose to within a human context. And if you use Albert Einstein on one end and Michael Jordan on the other end, that shows you how far the line is. So the person who tits on the suit is no better or worse than the person who stars in multi-million dollar movies. Right. The actor doesn't, and mo- I loved what Lauren Michaels said to pretty much everybody he hired for Saturday Night Live after the death of Chris Farley, which was, if you're not happy now, this won't make you happy.
0: Hat is so important. That is such an important thing that for people to, for me to understand. Excuse it's not me. Not what you do. It's yeah. Who you are. Yeah. The first time around, uh, I talk. I've, I think I spoke about this before. But the fir- i I've lost weight two times in my life. I know you have. And the first time around, I did. It wasn't enough for me. And it's why I put it on so quickly. It's because I kind of expected yeah. there that to aden- be more. Identity crisis. Exactly. I expected there to, to find my identity at the end of it. I did that too. Now, now, just the other, just a couple of months ago, I prepared myself for that. I don't. So forgive me, guys. Forgive me if I'm repeating myself, guys. But I, uh, uh, when I ran the marathon, right. I prepared mentally for feeling nothing when I crossed the finish line. <laughs> I prepared mentally for something I wanted to do my entire life, for something morbidly obese me wanted to do. That realized I'd have to drop a hundred pounds and get really good at running to ever even consider finishing a marathon. Mm-hmm. I, I prepared myself for feeling nothing. I, was, right. I Once I crossed that line, I, I'm like, hey, there, there might not be anything on the other side. Right. And I was ready for that. When I crossed it, I was a different person. But that, that was well, just a happy accident. I, again, I, didn't, I didn't plan for what it.
1: What I teach is translated roughly as mind, body, spirit, uh, connection, but also open mind, open hand, open heart. So... What I recommend is that you don't prep anything, you're just open. Have an open yes. mind. yeah, that helps a lot. Don't go expecting something to happen, but when something happens, be open to it. Right. That's what Kung Fu, that's what we do in Kung Fu. We open our N- arms, we open our hands, we open our minds, we open our hearts.
0: Now, uh, a friend of mine uh, once told me, uh, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Is that true, guys? He has a connection to Wu Tang
1: Clan. Yeah, I, 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 know, <laughs> and I, I need you I know, to talk about it. I know RZA pretty well. You
0: know, guys, yeah. he knows the RZA.
1: I was, I was on. The, I introduced I love this RZA. Guy. I introduced RZA. The uh, RZA, that is insane. Two years ago, I think it was two years ago at the San Diego Comic Con, we were in Hall H with eight thousand seats. Uh, RZA had just directed a movie which has still not come out. Uh, but um, is
0: it in development hell what's no no
1: I don't know what the deal is I have to ask I'm affiliated with the company that uh, helped produce it so I have to find out what is going on with it but I you know but Riza has made other movies as well anybody I watched Man with the Iron Fist was, yeah, what, it was, was that Was it called it was, yeah it was
0: it was interesting
1: it was unfortunate yeah <laughs> um, and probably what's happening with this new movie is same thing that happened with that movie And Rizalikes likes likes the ganja a little too much. I think, (laughs) in order to in order to have the organization and the dedication and the concentration, to actually put to get a film in a coherent state, Uh, or or at least for uh, for producers or executives or whatever. But be that as it may, he's an awesome guy, and he knows me. He recognizes me. He has my book. He has he's seen my documentary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, but let me put it this way. Let me make it clear. Uh, nobody. Is, what's what's the line? Uh, Wu Tang. Wu
0: Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with.
1: Nothing's nothing. What is it? Wu Tang is nothing. Wu Tang
0: T- Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Okay. Wu Tang no, Clan ain't nothing. Nothing. To fuck nothing,
1: with. nothing ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> if you are fucking something else, you're fucking yourself. <laughs> so you don't fuck with it. You open mind. Oh, what did I just say? Yeah. Open mind. Open hand. Open hearts. Right. You don't. You know, if you're if you're setting out to get into a situ- situation where Riza has to say to you, "I ain't or Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with," you're fucked. <laughs>
0: You're fine. Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: Yeah. If the Rizza has to tell you
0: that you've yeah. already messed up. Yeah, I mean, no, uh, I respect
1: Rizza enormously.
0: And, and what did you do on that particular what, what what's the film called? When we we know it's not Cutthroat really City. City. Cutthroat City. I okay. didn't do
1: anything on it. I'm affiliated with one of its producers, Wellgo USA. Mm-hmm. Uh Wellgo USA has sponsored my uh Kung Fu Extravaganza at the Com- at the San Diego Comic-Con for the last couple of years. I've been doing the superhero, the San Diego Comic-Con superhero Kung Fu extravaganza, I've been doing that every year at the San Diego Comic-Con for the last 22 years. Wow. And we're preparing for the 23rd now. When's that going to be? It, it's every July in San Diego, the, right. the Comic-Con. And uh, so at this point, even though they don't officially give me the AOK until the middle of May of every year, it's after 22 years, it's going to be Probably something very important or serious that will keep them from approving it again this year, right? Because I've been told by the head of programming and everything that uh, they love me.
0: I mean, yeah, if you've so, been if you've been to it twenty for twenty two years and you're always on a panel, what been, what, what do you I've normally do? I've been that.
1: Do? No, I do the com, the extravaganza. I used to be on a panel because again, I started my career, my professional career in comic books in 1974. Uh, Jeff Rovin, the great Jeff Rovin, who's considered the Rolls Royce of ghost writers and his name is, he does Tom Clancy books, William Shatner books, Gillian Anderson books, he does everything. He's a enormous, he's amazing and a wonderful guy. He gave me, out of the blue, he gave me uh, the job as assistant editor of the Atlas Comics Seaboard Periodicals line, which, just this year, was bought by Paramount Pictures to make into movies and television shows, including some of the characters I helped create, and Shepard. So, I'm saying to all, <laughs> whenever I'm watching reality television, and somebody says, I'm not here to make friends, my response is always, that's the one thing you should be doing. (laughs) Because I'm telling everybody out there, become a person who is likable, who people want to be around, and hang around with the best of them. Because all of Hollywood is 20% geniuses, 80% venal backstabbers. (laughs) You want to be with the 20% geniuses, but in order to be with the 20% geniuses, you have to turn yourself into the kind of person they want to be around. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's who you are, not what you do. It's the sense of energy that comes off you. It's the stuff that you love that you want to share with others. A lot of writers who are more successful than I am and better known than I am share their what they hate about life. I share what I love. and Which
0: is why I don't need to ask you.
1: What? <laughs> like I said, it's,
0: it's the only, you're the only guest I think I've ever not uh, not like actually phrased the question. What makes you happy? What gets? That's what I was learning makes because, me happy. Yeah, of course. But
1: I actually did research to find out because when I decided at the age of twelve that I'd no longer wanted to feel physical or mental pain, I had to find out what made me happy. And all around me, there were people who were deciding that booze made them happy, or drugs made them happy, or you know, and uh, I bet they looked sex real made happy. them happy. Yeah, and again, they they weren't go- they weren't going on target. So I decided, all right, I got to find out what thrills me. I got to find out what excites me more than anything else. Because all the time, in Kung Fu even, I have people who say, live life to the fullest. And I always go, what does that mean? <laughs> Do I have to be jumping out of a plane while I'm on the toilet? <laughs> is that living life to the fullest?
0: I'm not, I'm not going to lie, Rick. Yeah. That sounds really fun. It, and well, I might it is, have just
1: wound up on my bucket list. Uh, there we go. But I'm pretty sure having jumped out of a plane mm-hmm. and also having been on the toilet, The two really don't mix. (laughs) Which was better? Uh, They were, oh, by the way, I'm glad you asked me that. (laughs) They're both great. (laughs) But it's very difficult to do your business on the toilet when you're jumping out of a plane. Right. Very difficult Mm -hmm. because your body reacts in a fairly natural way. Mm -hmm. You'd have to be a little too high up on the Kung Fu scale to be able to crap in the toilet while you're parachuting. Right. Because it'll be a body, very
0: strange Guinness World it'll
1: Record. Be, it'll be tensed up. You'll be, you won't be getting the kind of thrill from either yeah. that would work best with them separate. Right. So be that as a.
0: Which I, I, I wish more, which, uh, more companies and more people understood about combining things where you, you end up making
1: two things suck. It's <laughs> interesting because another thing I could have said at the opening I am not an or person, I am an and person. War is not good or bad war is good and bad
0: yeah you uh, another one i remember you once told me uh, uh it was something about uh is war oh, oh yeah it was like is war good or bad you're like well it stopped
1: the holocaust well well it didn't stop the holocaust <laughs> was it, well, what was it's, it it stopped hitler
0: po- yeah exactly there you go yeah, yeah the holocaust
1: unfortunately we were a little late on yeah
0: yeah that had already kind of yeah you
1: know. i whenever i heard the old uh song war what is it good for and then the reply is absolutely nothing I would always mutter under my breath stopping handler yeah it's true we needed to go to war to make him do that no what was the <laughs> Vietnam war good for that no, was, was absolutely nothing. nothing Yeah, yeah. but world war 2 sometimes but again everything the atom bomb good or bad nope good and bad mm-hmm. everything is pretty much and rather than or even uh, Mr. Myers would you like uh, fish or beef yes please
0: Exactly, but you have to make a choice. You no, I don't. You
1: don't. You, you don't. Not a, you may have to choose. you right, I you're don't right, have to. You're right.
0: That's just a lot of protein for one sitting. I couldn't see. Well, I both. can. But have, I understand. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I don't have to have huge, massive amounts. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, vegetables or uh, fruit.
0: Now I want to yes, talk more about uh, that epiphany. Ep- epiphany ep- that you epiphany. had at twelve. Twelve. It, you said you'd no one, no longer wanted to feel physical or mental pain. Yeah, I'd already experienced it.
1: Right, didn't and like it,
0: and you're good. You're good on that. You're you decided. You're, you're not
1: that. a masochist. <laughs> I was going to do what I wanted or needed to do to try to avoid it. Yeah, okay. Then years later, I found out the first rules of actual kung fu fighting is awareness and avoidance. Mm-hmm. You avoid the fight, right? And and when the fight, if the fight actually has to start by someone other than you, you still you avoid the attack. You don't meet the attack. You don't prove how badass you are. You pr- you prove how good as you are. Mm-hmm by avoiding the punch, having balance, and having education. So if you want to know how to kung fu fight, it's Honest Abe, A-B-E, A is for awareness and avoidance, B is for balance, E is for education. There are places all over the human body where all you have to do is go boop, and the person will go down like a tree shot from a cannon. <laughs> but you have to know those places. Right. And so read a lot of physiology textbooks, and you also have to be in a, a mental state, what kung fu people called the monkey mind not the lizard mind the lizard mind is fists and anger and muscles and the monkey mind is ooh, very loose and open hands mm-hmm. and moving around they
0: talk about uh they, they, they bring up monkeys a lot in jujitsu as well but i think it's like and it's slightly different context because uh, watching a monkey fight monkeys have incredible grip strength ooh, <laughs> so, they have incredible strength and, and, and yeah in general in general yeah, but it's and,
1: driven by their energy again it's right. not driven by their muscles a monkey when threatened it will invariably go for your face or your balls, mm-hmm. and by the within sec, within nanoseconds, within a second, they have them, mm-hmm. and they have them off your body.
0: That's a fascinating thing I have found with uh. So, so without knowledge, I'm actually a really good example of why a martial art could work. So mm-hmm. without bat with without any knowledge, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the more form- formidable opponent in a situation just because I have crazy endurance and crazy strength. And you also have more knowledge. Well, no, no. Let's just take the knowledge out of it. That's what I'm trying to get because. <laughs> Getting into jiu-jitsu, I have yeah. found that people who are 120 pounds could ragdoll me of by course. redirecting my weight because I don't have the technique yet. I'm still a very fresh white belt. They, they have knowledge, and they ha- exactly they have the knowledge. I have the strength and I have the endurance. I could run a marathon. I could lift. You know, I could lift 500 pounds, and that means nothing when it comes to ju- yeah. the, uh, jiu-jitsu because it means it's all nothing, about
1: technique it means nothing for most things for most that, situations. You're right, w- w- which will make you regenerative and constructive. Correct, correct. Yeah, it's 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 what uh, you want is your is your. Harness be able to harness your sense of love and your Mm -hmm. inner energy those 120 pound people are using their inner energy They're not using muscles, not as strong as your muscles, right and your muscles will degenerate So you want to fill them full of the energy all around you for instance We're both sitting at this table talking and I'm going golly. How are we able to do this? We're not plugged in anywhere Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my shoe. There's no wire going to an electrical outlet in the wall. Yes. So how am I able to do this? <gasps>
0: Let's talk about this, please. That's yes. chi. Go, go That's energy
1: or the force, whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it. It is chi. And I've discovered through practice, not just through faith, uh, that it's all around us. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can gather it if we're open to it. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm, a little later today, I am playing a jolly old elf at a school. And I've been playing a jolly old elf for about 15 years now. And at the first year I played that jolly old elf, I was sick six times in six weeks because of the little, the little kitties. Yes. have many, many germs. Mm -hmm. And I have a Qigong teacher in Taiwan who taught me something called Peng Shui, which is Feng Shui for where you actually live. Feng Shui is for your home, but your physical home. Peng Shui is energy gathering for your inner body because mm-hmm. that, by the way, everybody is where you actually live. Mm-hmm. And, and ever since I, and it's a, a ludicrously simple energy building, uh, a technique and exercise. And ever since I've done it, I have not been sick since. How long are we talking? Uh, 15 years. You haven't been sick in 15 years. I've, I've had some things that were not, were different, but not, I haven't been sick during my seasons as, as the jolly old elf okay and people have said uh, you know people have scoffed and said oh rick that's just your imagination and i reply exactly right exactly what's most important your mind or your body they're both again it's not or it's and mind and body a a buddy of mine they connect
0: yes a buddy of mine uh hit me up before he Hmm. was about to go on a trip to i believe it was yosemite one of the national parks nice and he and he tells me stefano he goes yeah, some people are going to hate this, especially my friends if they're listening. But they're like, "You're you're super healthy. You know about staying. you you know about staying healthy. Yep. You don't get sick that often." And he's like, "I'm currently at the office, and uh, everyone at work is sick. I'm leaving for vacation in four days. I'm like, how do I prevent myself from getting sick? What do I do?" And the first thing I told him was like, "Well, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff. But first thing, do not believe you're going to get sick." Right. And, and he's like, "Well, I'm like I'm like this is an actual uh, please this isn't woo woo wishy washy hippie bullshit." I'm like, "I'm like please listen to me when I say. Yeah. Do not believe. Get get that out of your head. Open do mind. not believe you are going to get sick. Not Just easy. get it out of your head." Not easy. He's like, "All right." I'm like, then i told him all the things like and then just be the healthiest person you could be drink plenty of water eat a eat a good balanced diet all the things you already oh, know okay. get good sleep but you, please do not believe you're going to get sick missed, and he missed, didn't he didn't get sick and he, but but as soon as he got back from that trip
1: he got sick. flooded okay. flooded with sick here's illness. the deal here's the deal you didn't mention the second most important thing go ahead first of all believe you know collect your energy uh connect your mind with your body have them work in tandem so you don't get sick the other thing was wash your effing hands. Yeah, really? Okay. All the effing time. And if you're really worried about it, wear the damn mask the way the Japanese do. They do. I know. But yeah. we don't do it in America because that's not awesome and cool. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you don't want to get sick? Be smart. Do the education. Wash your hands. All, that was the one. I took something from each of my mentally ill moms. My third <laughs> mentally ill mom, she worked at an old age home. And she said, you want to know the secret? Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, during Santa, do not touch your face. Oh yeah! <laughs> don't uh, by touch the way, th- your
0: face. So Rick has a seven-foot beard, and uh, he he uh, every year he is a real live practicing I'm a jolly Santa. Old elf. I'm a jolly. No, I don't. Oh I don't, god! I don't
1: practice. Oh jeebus. I am. That's you the are. big difference. I was on another podcast. So you say with jolly? You say jolly old elf? You won't yeah. call yourself Santa? Uh, no. Interesting. Because uh, other people can, and I'll try to stop them. Because there are a lot of Santas out there. Mm-hmm and a lot of people are playing Santa. Right. When the time comes, I I just go in. I have a book called uh, Santa Confidential, uh, where it was a collection of 52 actual questions from actual children with honest answers from Santa, because everybody got wrong information about Santa, as far as I was concerned. So I created uh, my jolly old elf as a credible, a Santa that children could believe in. Nothing magic, nothing secret. All elven science. El- ask it. me anything. Elvin Science. And then I go into detail of what the Elvin Science is cuz Kung Fu again, I have a uh one of my characters, I have t-shirts, I have mugs, I have a card, I have a phone case Kung Fu Santa. <laughs> I got it in uh uh Japan right. last year, Kung Fu Santa. That's me.
0: Kung Fu Santa is actually it's the perfect way to describe you though. Yeah. You're you're you uh Fu Santa. Yeah. Uh, so Rick, where could actually now before before that we'll end it on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one question I do love to ask all my guests toward, yes. at the end of the episode is. Mm-hmm. For Well, not necessarily a question, but more of a request. Uh, you've given us plenty of wisdom today, but <laughs> I, I like to close out, because I want, even if I quit the podcast tomorrow, I still want these <laughs> episodes to always, this library to always exist. Yes. And I'd like you to speak something into infinity that you think the, my audience could take away from. Something to remember you uh, by. I already said all of it.
1: You did, didn't you? Well, you we can repeat it, you know. Treat you don't have to repeat. Okay, fine. Give us a concise list then. If I can remember them all. Remember some Treat yourself it. at least as well as that would you say you love the most. You can never I it,
0: like that better than the golden rule by the way. That's so much better than the golden rule Well,
1: it takes into it, it takes into uh, uh, It takes into what's the word? I'm looking for it takes in. I know I've account been, it takes into account human psychology and right. behavior because people all the time will say no. I love everything and It's like well, you don't love yourself by the way you're acting mm-hmm. on the basis of the way you're acting So treat yourself at least as well as that which you say you love the most Uh, Speak always for yourself, you can never be wrong. Speak for anyone else, you can never be sure you're right. Uh, What was the other good ones that I liked that was so important? Uh, And the whole stuff about the eyes again, you know, the world revolves around you, each other's faces. As soon as you turn off the microphone, I'll think of it. That's fine. But (laughs) be that as it may.
0: And yes. where could people find you in your work? You have m- so much content out there yeah. for people to ingest, but is there a central way or is there just some notable things you'd like to point out? Well, that my, are fresh?
1: the last time I checked my Wikipedia page was fairly accurate. Okay. Uh, I also have a, on Facebook, I have my page, Rick Myers. I also have uh, the story company, which uh, has a lot of my credits. And I also have the action film autopsy, uh, page which has a lot of my stuff and you can also go to actionfilmautopsy.com which has my my podcast uh, action film autopsy and uh the supplementals thereof so yeah those are the those are the places you know i'm also on twitter and i'm also on um what's that other one uh the other popular one the one with the pictures. Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, the yeah. one with the pictures. Yeah, the one with the pictures. I love that. But I'm rarely on Twitter or Instagram. I only, I only reply to the the Hollywood Reporter on Twitter. The <laughs> Twitter, I, I love Hollywood Reporter because every, every other one of their tweets is a stupid question, <laughs> and whenever they do a stupid question tweet, I always instantly reply by paraphrasing their tweet and adding thr's stupid stupid question tweets <laughs> so you can find me on that and them constantly saying them. and i think yeah. you
0: should i think you should use instagram more i would love to see what you could do with it you have a fascinating life that i think there's a there's be a cool story to be told there but yeah. it's up to you yeah. i know what, what do you want to show people right it's not necessary but yeah and i would well, like to see more of it And the moment
1: and you know the way i always feel that the www in in, in the internet stands for wild wild west <laughs> whenever you go Anywhere, wherever you go into Instagram, into Twitter, in all the other ones, uh, Facebook, you're you're entering a very dark saloon in Deadwood. <laughs> and what happens is that if you actually entered that dark saloon in Deadwood, you wouldn't suddenly shout out your opinion because mm-hmm. you don't know who's in the dark with guns and knives. Right. But Lord, I mean, I just like you said, you constantly have to stop yourself from typing. I constantly have to stop myself from reacting instinctively. This stuff I know is stupid. Right. Or I right. feel is stupid. Yeah, I don't yeah. know it's stupid. Exactly. I feel it's stupid. And it's like, what am I going to gain by this? Except, again, self-worth issues. Right. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons that's keeping me from doing. I, do, I understand. I do enough on Facebook. You,
0: you got a lot out there. And I think eh. you just gave everything. yeah I'll, I'll People a lot of stuff to find. And a lot of
1: stuff I can't tell you about anyway. Most of the stuff I've been doing for the last 10 years is under other people's names. Real and imaginary. I've, I'm not just a ghost writer now. This is, I love this. I'm a ghost ghostwriter. I'm a ghostwriter for a ghostwriter. Interesting. And oh, that is so much fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is so much fun. Yeah, the authors don't even know I exist. <laughs> they say they hire somebody. They say you're going to write this book, right? And they said, yeah. And they go, Rick takeover just so you guys know some of the books
0: that you read were not written by the person that they say a lot of at this point a a lot of a lot of people a lot of names in the industry you see an author name it's very similar to a corporation has a brand but it's really just this one product with a different name on it the one
1: that's most famous right now supposedly and has never been proven is hunger games Oh, yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that was written by a ghostwriter.
1: Yeah, well, it was written by a bunch of yeah, ghost a bunch, writers, exactly. And Suzanne Collins is an actress that they hired. And
0: it makes sense. I mean, how many pop albums that come out now that, yeah. you know, the, the artist with the name, yeah. they didn't write a single line. They just sang these words. You another,
1: know? another thing I wanted to say is I've been waiting all my life for entertainment to be the way it is right now. It's and beautiful. I, oh, it's so great! There's so many great things. Yes. Did you Did you see the Mandalorian today? Right. Uh, no, fifth, I have. I have. not gotten chapter. to watch oh, any of it yet. Geez, it's also great. I mean, I I have
0: with this podcast out right now, our episode. Once this yeah. is released, I'll have 21 hours of content out yeah. there for see, people to tell see, me. There you go. Me! <laughs> There's one
1: other thing I want to I want to tell your listeners. They can make a guess. I am be I am right now serving as a consultant for a movie that's being released by Universal Pictures next year. I cannot tell you what that movie is because I signed a, what is it? NDA. A Do Not Resuscitate.
0: Yes. (laughs) I
1: I signed one of those and until they officially announce it, because I keep on getting back to them saying, is it official yet? Because I saw it on the web. You know, I saw this, that, and the other thing. They're going, nope, we haven't put out the trailer yet and we haven't put out the official announcement.
0: God, do not tell me. What? It's not the
1: Matrix, is it? No. No. That would have been awesome. Right. I did do a lecture at, I also have worked as a consultant for Disney and I thought, and they kept this, the production that I was working on secret from me. I thought I was working on Mulan. Yeah.
0: Disney's really good at that. They're misleading the
1: people that work for them into what's going on. Oh, it was great. So I was there for four hours and they kept on asking me about dragons and about dragons and about dragons. And I went, and I'm going, this is Mulan, right? You're, giving me, you're bringing me in to talk about the live-action Mulan, right? And then I started doing everything, telling them stuff that I wanted them to know about Mulan, mm-hmm. which was that Mulan should not have a dragon, because a dragon is, is the male part of it. Mm-hmm. She should have a phoenix which is the female part of it. And they're going, no, 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 no. She had a dragon in the cartoon. She had a dragon in the cartoon. I said, but that was wrong. That was limited knowledge. That was ignorant of what the truth of the matter was and how the male population of China changed everything so it would become, it would become dragons rather than the partnership between dragon and phoenix. Because yin-yang is male, female, night, dark. Uh, black-white, and so you you can't have the dragon without the phoenix, really, for it to be balanced. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the new trailer for uh, Mulan, and I went, okay, wasn't necessarily coming from me, right?" but the fact of the matter is, they're talking about phoenix now, and I went, "Uh, That's awesome. um." But now, supposedly, the other thing I was working on, they have another movie they just announced, Mm -hmm. Raya and the Last Dragon, which they better change the title to, because everybody will think that Timac is in it. What's so Timac? He would start in the Last Dragon.
0: Uh, I, I, we're gonna just keep on rolling into tangents, and we I have are. to have you. I have to have you back in studio. This soon. is not a tangent. Yes. <laughs> well, no. Just like, uh, I, I just wanted to, to end the podcast. So, anyway,
1: so guess which movie I worked on Universal. It'll be out in 2020. You and, guys can guess. And it. I
0: would, I would love you to talk about it when you can talk about it. Again, you're definitely gonna come back here. I, 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 I hope. We'll I see. hope you've had a good enough time. To, I have uh, nothing more to say. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, on that note, everyone, you know where to find me. I don't need to keep repeating it. And as always, drink more water and be nicer to each other. And use your blinkers, jackass.